0: In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit, they get remade and rebooted, but we are the Ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Greetings, podcast listeners. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Xur and the Codan Armada. You're... Fleet Commander today is Sam Gash and Special Lieutenant Mario. Mario, tell us all about yourself so that people trust you and follow you into battle.
1: I am, I am a very special lieutenant. I have been training.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. Mario, tell the people about yourself.
1: Uh, Hi, my name is Mario Hernandez. I'm an actor, writer, comedian living here in Los Angeles and a huge fan of The Last Starfighter. I'm really glad you brought me aboard to talk about this film. Remember, you were suggesting a bunch of them. I think the first one you said was it said, oh, Gene was thinking about The Last Starfighter. I love The
0: Last Starfighter. I told Gene that you were having trouble coming up with a movie and he was like, make Mario do The Last Starfighter. Oh, he he
1: straight up just just said said that. He said that.
0: Because I think he found out that I had never seen it and he was like, Make Mario make you watch this, and I was like, okay.
1: Ah, well, it was. It, it was. I mean, like, I, I, we'll get into the story of how, of my connection to the movie, but it's incredible <laughs> that he said specifically that one because it's 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 actually a very special, very significant movie oh, yeah? in my life. We'll yeah, tell that
0: story so. now. Why not?
1: Well, okay. So, uh, so I'm uh, 41 years old, and my uh, I'm a big. Big movie guy. I mean, I come from a family of movie watchers. My parents went to the movies the day they got married. Uh, that was their little honeymoon. They got married at the courthouse and then went to go see, uh, Papillon with, uh, That's Steve McCoy adorable. And Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, and my parents used to take me to the movies very early on as a kid. Um, I remember seeing all the, you know, big Oscar winners as a kid. You know, I didn't, I oftentimes didn't finish the movie. I would, I would curl up into a ball and just fall asleep in the seat next <laughs> to my mom. But I mean, I saw, uh, uh, Gandhi, Chariots of Fire. I mean, all the like big Oscar winners when I was, you know, five or six years old, mm-hmm. you know, the best picture movies, uh, in Terms of Endearment. I mean, those are all movies that I, I remember seeing in the movie theaters as a young kid. Um, and then my entire life changed as everyone's did at the time with the advent of VCRs. Uh-huh. You know, being able to rent a movie um, and then, of course, cable TV, but being able to basically being able to watch a movie anytime you wanted, which was non-existent. And so we in 1986, after living a few years in a suburb of Chicago, we moved back to Texas, first to Houston for a year and then back to San Antonio, Texas. And my parents moved into right next door to a shopping center that had a video rental place.
0: That's so convenient and amazing. And
1: and both of my parents worked. and And this must have been, I guess the school year hadn't started and I didn't know anyone. There weren't very many kids in the apartment complex. And so what my parents did was the way, the way video rentals used to work before Blockbuster was simply, you know, transactional. One, you know, one you pay for it on the spot was you had accounts. You had a video rental account that you would rent out movies. And then at the end of the month, you paid for however many movies you saw. Oh, interesting. And so my parents, you know, rather than uh, get a babysitter or have me join, you know, Cub Scouts or whatever, just gave me the video rental card and just gave me, you know, free reign. So I I would literally. You missed
0: out on some solid Pinewood Derbies. I'm
1: sure I did. But in the meantime, I walked over uh, (laughs) to, you know, I would walk over to the video rental place and I would come back with stacks of tapes. And this was also right when we got cable TV. So we had all the movie, you know, the movie Mm -hmm. channels, HBO, Showtime and all that. So, uh, for a movie, you know, freak like me, it was just, it was heaven. So I would, I would literally sit there as a kid, you know, I could make my own food. i thinking back. I was like eight <laughs> or nine years old and I could just, uh, just watch, you know, just bang out four, five, six movies in a day. I mean, just, just and, and so I saw all, all of the classics, all of the 80s classics, all of the, so The Last Starfighter comes into play because, uh, so I'm Mexican-American. My parents are from Mexico. I spent mm-hmm. summers in Mexico right on the border with Texas and Nova Laredo. And there was one particular summer that I spent with my mom's and my family And, um, my parents came to pick me up and I have no idea to me, it felt like the whole summer. And now they tell me, they're like, well, we didn't leave you there the whole summer. It was just a few weeks. I was like, well, it felt really long. I, you know, I'm a kid.
0: Concept of time. The whole thing. No idea. I don't know.
1: To me, it's, you know, it's, it's all you have is time at that age. And so, you know, among the many gifts they had of toys and tennis rackets and all like the fun stuff. Um, they showed up with a bunch of VHS tapes of movies that they had recorded off of the movie channels. Oh,
0: nice! And the
1: very, very first tape, the very first recorded tape I ever had that's given to me by my parents, was a, a, a triple feature because you could you could fit three movies, uh, you know, six hours on, onto a VHS tape. So, assuming three there were no
0: commercials, well, it's cable, so oh, no commercials. It. It's just the straight oh. up movies.
1: And the three movies were The Karate Kid, good, followed by The Last Starfighter. And then The Secret of Nim, which is a, an animated. Uh, I love The Secret of uh, Nim. Yeah, Secret of Nim is great. All three of those are, are yeah. classics. I, I could do up dissertations in, on all three.
0: Up until recently, the only one of those, up until like this week, the only one of those that I hadn't seen is The Last Starfighter. Really? Because I saw The Secret of Nim growing up, which sure. is, it was probably one of those things where my parents were like, it's a cartoon, it'll be fine. But The Secret of Nim's is real it, dark. It's hella dark. Yes. Like, you're, <laughs> you are scared of that owl. Yes, yes. I saw the Karate Kid. I remember that was one of the movies that my dad was like, "We're going to sit down and watch this" because it didn't happen that often. But the Karate Kid was one of yeah. them. We watched the first. You should watch it
1: now, by the way, because it's you know it's shot or rather it's located just down the street. It's in the valley. What he moves to Reseda. What he moves to Reseda from New Jersey.
0: Oh, I haven't seen that movie since you I was like watch twelve. You should, should watch, watch it, now it now because
1: now you know L.A. Yeah, so you know Malibu, you know Reseda, you know all of the locations that are in the movie. You should did watch you, it.
0: Did you watch the Netflix kind of? Long run sequel, uh, the Cobra Kai.
1: Uh, I have seen a couple of episodes. Looks great. Uh, it's on uh, YouTube, Red. YouTube, excuse YouTube. me. Yeah, yeah.
0: My understanding is that it's not good, but everyone seems to enjoy it anyway. Uh, it's different. It's got a different tone. What it does is because
1: uh, you know because there were there were many sequels to the Karate Kid. Karate right. Kid I, I saw or, and then the reboot, the remake or whatever with Jaden Smith.
0: I saw the first one with my dad. I think and then we had the DVDs or we had rented the other two. And I watched the second one and I just never got around to watching the third. And then I saw bits and pieces of the, uh, of the Jaden Smith yeah. one. That one actually looked good. Like, yeah. my understanding of that one. And the parts of it that I saw were good. Right. Like, he does a thing with a snake. It's a whole thing. Now, before we, di-
1: before, before we dive too far into Karate Kid land, last thing. If you go online, I think it's John Emile as the director. But they, they did kind of video concept of the Karate Kid. The original... Mm you know like camcorder version because they basically they film like rehearsals is now on on youtube and it's almost shot by shot same actors but with no budget because they just kind of got together and they were like hey let's shoot this as a proof of concept Mm -hmm. and it's all the beats in karate kid with the same actors before there was anybody with one or two changes and it's it's really great so it's almost like a fan fiction version of the karate kid but it's all the same all right
0: i'll have to look that up yeah When I'm editing, I'll be like, oh, right, good. I can write this down now since I've listened to everything five times. Cool. Okay. So then the last Starfighter was one of like your, kind of your big three in that moment. Like It was right recorded. in the middle
1: and it was just this like, you know, sci-fi, uh, uh, fun adventure that was clearly like, you know, they were trying to cash in on the Star Wars. That's plays. my
0: question. So you'd, I mean, I'm assuming you'd seen Star Wars at that point because yes. you'd seen all the movies and they're yeah. 10 years apart.
1: Yes. I had seen... Uh, Six years apart. So Star Wars came out the year I was born. So I did not see it in the movie theaters. At some point I watched it. Uh, I believe they must have re-released it. I saw Empire Strikes Back when it came out in the theaters. Theaters, and I saw Return of the Jedi when it came out uh, in the theaters. And that was
0: really... So was having, <laughs> having seen those and like kind of seeing the work that they did with models and then turning around and watching The Last Starfighter when they're like... It's the first movie with CGI. And Basically, like,
1: yeah. Tron and this one.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Which is the first one? Because I remember I was watching this movie with my friend Diane. If you want to hear what Diane is to think, listen to the Hackers episode of Ideal Remake. Uh, and <laughs> Diane was saying that this was advertised as kind of the first movie that use CGI. But yeah, Tron. Tron was duh. the first Tron is the
1: first one. Tron is the first this one. This one had, I think, the most CGI effects up until that time. And there's there's up to, I think... There's like twenty or thirty minutes of it, according to <laughs> Wikipedia. Uh, but yeah, it was. I mean, it was the first. It was the first major like step. It, they were clearly try. They they but, clearly saw that this sure. was the future.
0: But know? at the time, like thinking and and looking at the graphics, because I remember we sat down to watch, and watching, she was like, "This is an amazing movie. There's no flaws with it. You're going to really like it." I said, "We'll see." And then five ten minutes into this movie, she's like, "I'm so sorry." Oh, <laughs> I, I still enjoyed it, but it was yeah. when we finally got to like the CGI graphics. She was like, ugh. No.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's the super early. It's the it's you know the stuff, but the stuff of like the uh, 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 the frontier, the shots of the frontier, I thought mm-hmm. were pretty decent.
0: Well, basically, when I was watching the CGI, I kind of enjoyed it because it looked like we'd gotten not the final cut. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Because it that, looks that's like what when you go is. to these it's, test screenings, yeah.
1: and they're like, "We're going to fix it. We're going to fix it. You know, we're, we're going to add texture." It. Yes.
0: And that's what because that's what it feels like because it's smooth geometric shapes kind of all stuck together. Yeah. And then really slow-moving uh, lasers and space battles. Yeah. And when they finally blow up the uh, the space station, you have the original shot of the space station, and then they just took out the middle section. Right. Because the two branches are still fine. Yep, yep. It was weird. Yeah. It's good, though. I, I like It's it's a goofy movie. It's not the goofy movie. It is a goofy movie. Yeah. But, I don't know, it was kind of fun and simple. Yeah. Like They kept it fairly straightforward because they couldn't do much else right like there aren't hundreds of fighting spaceships since it's literally enough spaceships that just this one guy can take them down yeah but it's and so i wonder if that was largely
1: i mean that, that must have been intentional you know what i mean they're like look we don't it's like we're gonna put all of our budget mostly in this new fangled <laughs> uh cgi stuff mm-hmm. which wasn't called cgi back then yeah and they're like well let's just keep it simple as we try to figure out how this technology works
0: have there, I don't know the answer to this, have there since been Starfighter arcade games released?
1: Yes, apparently there have been. I don't recall them. I don't recall seeing them. They did not blow up. Weren't uh, a big arcade blow kid? Up. Yeah. No, well, no, just, they just, they didn't blow up. They weren't a
0: thing. Fair. Uh, I think, like the Tron video games, to be perfectly honest.
1: Right. I, I just feel, but Tron, I feel, obviously, it's, Tron's a much different thing. And I'm actually surprised it took him so long to, to come out with the sequel. Tron was like a cultural milestone. I feel like Tron is, the last Starfighter is very much a cult I agree with that. A cult a movie that's, helps, that only the Die Hard really...
0: Well, it helps when the concept of your movie is what the turning point is about. Like, Tron is all about going into a computer. Hey, look what right. computers can do. Yeah. And because the first real computer animated TV show is also about living inside of a computer. Is it Auto It's Reboot.
1: Reboot? What's, what's that?
0: Reboot was an... It's an animated TV show. Uh-huh. It's fully animated, but it's about the bits and bytes and sprites inside your computer. So it's all these characters that live in a town called Mainframe and... They wow. have to fight the user when a game comes down. And they're basically trying to prevent the user from winning. When did this come out, and what was it on? Nineties. I remember it on Cartoon Network. Oh no, 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 no. Then sorry.
1: Then Automan is a. It's it's a single. This is a single season uh, show that it didn't get picked up. It was about a guy who lived with Automan, who was this like computer dude who had a Cursor was his like assistant. Okay. That was just this like, and it was, and it was a combination of live action. And kind of like Tron When Automan would come out He had like a body He had a really Because he was kind of this Like hunky dude Who had like a sparkly body
0: What uh, was the TV show Where it was uh, the guy They reference it in the um, Ready Player One book Where it's They have a dude dressed up As a robot And pretending to be A computer screen
1: Max Hedron? Yeah Max Hedron yes, Max Hedron was a was a character and a thing
0: So say so the name the Automan? Automan yeah, Automan It's Man. called
1: Automan If you look it up It's, it's, it's um, Automan Automan yeah, and it's a story about a guy who's like I don't know if he's a reporter or what he what he does, but he's got and he like pairs up with Auto Man, who's basically a computer guy. This
0: is so weird. Yeah.
1: Okay, there it is.
0: And it's it's literally it, was, it looks yeah, like nineteen eighty three, yeah. It yeah. looks like someone in a full Tron outfit just right. hanging out in real life with some other guy. Well that's
1: what he did. He
0: yeah. Um oh, he helped wow. him do
1: stuff. So it was like a combination of like Night Rider but but yeah, Auto Man had powers.
0: Reboots an animated show, so it's the first fully animated show. Oh, first sure, sure. fully computer animated show. Oh, oh, I
1: see, I see, I see. So it looked. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant like you know the computer. Uh... Oh, wow. no,
0: full. You're talking computer about the
1: animated. they animated
0: everything. Oh, yeah, that's cool. it's real good, but also at this point, kind Is of a he... cult classic. Sorry, could I see that? The, the
1: that's an interesting. Is he? Is he black?
0: I don't know, but he, he definitely had dreadlocks.
1: He had dreads. Yeah. This blue man from...
0: Uh, from uh, the supercomputer. From Reboot, from the supercomputer. He's uh, one of the Guardians, and he comes to That's protect Mainframe from viruses. Wonderful. I loved this show. Yeah. I still love this okay. show. Okay, I'm going to have if, to check it out. If I ever find it on like like one of those full, complete series... So when I first got to L.A., I remember going to Amoeba and being like, oh my God, being completely overwhelmed, but I like had no money and no work. And I remember finding the complete series of Reboot And a Transformers spinoff called Beast Wars. And I remember finding like the complete series both sitting next to each other right there. And I was like, I want both of these. I can't afford them. But if they're here now, I'm sure they'll be here in the future. And
1: that was the last time you saw them. I never
0: saw them there again. (laughs) And every time I go, I look for them and they're never there. I then later bought Beast Wars on Amazon. But the important thing... (laughs) And Reboot? I, I lost, will eventually. No, no, Uh-oh, I'll oh, get okay. it eventually. It's I just, not a huge priority. Basically, it's like, I know that if I buy it, I will watch all of it, and, and I don't have the time to do that, sure. so I'm preventing myself from okay. doing that. Good show, though. Good. But let's talk about The Last Starfighter. Yes. Because by modern standards, I feel like it's kind of a sparse plot, too.
1: Oh, yeah, it's super simple. There's no, like, myth... I mean, there's a little bit of mythology, but they... Yeah, I I, I get the sense that for them... For the filmmakers, the special effects was going to be the draw.
0: Absolutely. And somehow,
1: if, that, if it had caught on, you know, by then, Star Wars was a full-blown franchise. Mm-hmm. There had been other attempts to make, you know, sci-fi. Obviously, E.T., the famous uh, E.T. and Starman um, debacle. Do you know Starman with Jeff Bridges?
0: The uh, one...
1: Where he plays the dead, Karen Allen's dead husband.
0: I'm thinking of the one where Kevin Spacey's wearing sunglasses. k I'm thinking of K-Pax. Yeah, that was
1: much later, and we don't know if he's that one's. This one is straight up. He is an alien. In,
0: okay, in, in, in I've heard of it. it.
1: K-Pax is kind it. of yeah. Real quick, there's a there's a famous story of how there were two scripts at at uh, I believe at Columbia. Okay, one of them was called Calling Home, and the other one was Starman. And the, they wanted to, you know, they, they thought science fiction was this emerging genre that was mm-hmm. starting to pick up. It was moving away from B films and they had, you know, Close Encounters and Spielberg had done. And so Columbia rolled the dice and kept Starman and got rid of com- Calling Home <clears throat> or something like that. Something like the that. So another studio, I believe Fox picked it up. They retooled it, retitled it, E.T. the Extraterrestrial.
0: okay. Got it. It's Both one it's one of those when stories. it Went into
1: production. Yeah. <clears throat> Both were released in the same year, and of course E.T. E. became really the well highest and... grossing movie of all time until Jurassic Park. And then Starman Star <laughs> was is a Nothing. great film. It's uh it's it's John Carpenter, um, and it's Jeff Bridges and John Karen Carpenter's
0: Adams. never failed before. <laughs> <laughs> what what could we possibly do? <laughs> well you we know. were doing I just did a I was just going back and looking at our They Live episode. Is Jock Carpenter still alive? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. He just, he's actually, he just went on tour because he does all the music. He does the music and stuff. Yeah, and he did yeah. the music for Hateful Eight.
0: And I still think that's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. He ju- but he just went on tour strictly with his music.
0: Well, but I think we're missing kind of the big thing for The Last Starfighter. And that is the name of the cine- cinematographer. Because I remember I was talking to Diane and mm-hmm. we were like watching the movie. And I looked back at the screen and it said, cinematographer. King Baggett. B-A-G-G-O-T that is the real name I assume I don't know of the cinematographer who who filmed this movie he filmed he was the director of photography Last Starfighter and Revenge and of the Revenge Nerds Revenge of the
1: Nerds oh god you devil tough I, guys vice versa gotcha I mean these wow, these are really like he, I mean he lensed a lot of 80s classics or kind of you know maybe not classics but kind of cult classics well I
0: mean the two big ones are The Last Starfighter and Revenge of the Nerds
1: yeah I mean, but, can, you, can you scroll down a little more? Can i see, No, sorry, scroll up. Beatlemania. Some kind of hero. That's incredible.
0: And I mean, I have
1: stories for all of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of hero I saw. In but
0: that. it's this guy with this crazy name. And I remember seeing that and going, who Boiling. is this guy? I don't know. I just remember American thinking it interesting.
1: he American He filmed American Gigolo with Richard Gere.
0: Yeah. He is, let's see. He's Well, he's, oh, a, he's camera a camera operator. Because that okay. looks like that may have been his first movie. The he's, Hand? He's, been he's doing a cinematographer for The
1: Hand. The Hand is an Oliver Stone movie.
0: Yeah. But either way, I just thought it was interesting. He's just in. Like... He's a, he, you're right. He is the real star of the film. Because <laughs> a... everyone else here has got fairly normal names. And then this guy. Oh, I see. I see. Hey, King, would you come over here and uh, get this shot? That's yeah, crazy. okay. You address me appropriately.
1: So, because The Last Starfighter is, is a lesser known film, maybe we should talk about what it's about and what it's because I I can't imagine everyone
0: is it's i would never seen it but I was kind of aware of it as a concept someone's so good at video games that they get recruited to fight an intergalactic war and they are the best fighter in this intergalactic war and that's basically the plot yeah and that's been used so many different places right it's influential on the matrix it's influential like we wouldn't have ready player one without that right and then Ernest Cline's next book is Armada which is just this again. Uh, the Last Starfighter again. And is this before, like, people would be reading a book and would get pulled into the story? Is this, like, before the never-ending story? It's after the... Uh, hmm, it should be right after the never-ending story. Because, like, year. never-ending story, page master... Sure. ...is always the idea of get getting pulled into books. Right. But this is kind of the first getting pulled into media. Like, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Video games getting used for good. It's not just encouraging violence anymore well but
1: again this was well before i mean video games were a fringe thing i mean you see in the movie he's he's living in a trailer park in arizona or New York, somewhere in the southwest
0: mm-hmm. well near uh, silver lake
1: no silver lake really yeah that's so, uh, when uh the, that's where they have their makeout session yeah right? the
0: make-out session is at silver lake yeah
1: <laughs> so i wonder Yeah, yeah yeah
0: i mean it's also clearly people who live in los angeles and they're like well, well we need a do, do, do you want them to go hang out at Echo Park or do you want them to hang out at Silver Lake? Well, look, they can go to Silver Lake. They can go to Silver Lake
1: instead. Uh, which is a neighborhood here in LA. Um, yeah, it, 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 it video games were not a thing back then. So the fact, you know, the fact that this kid is kind of a, of, of a bit of a loner, I thought, here's the interesting thing that I thought, even seeing it back then, that I think might be different in today's world of... of you know, now the, the, the nerds have taken over and now, mm-hmm. you know, this is this these kinds of films are much more common. And Lance Guest himself never became a thing. No. But um but he I thought he he wasn't as uncool as I think the script was supposed to make him be.
0: You well, know what there's I mean? the kind of eighties there's the kind of two versions of the eighties star. There's the kind of dweeby kid and then there's the kind of alpha male kind of guy yeah. where like, in something like Back to the Future, you're mm-hmm. supposed to be associating with the kind of dweeby kid. Yeah. He's short, whatever. But then there are also the movies like, I don't know, I'm not thinking of one off the top of my head where it's just like, uh, where you're just like, this guy's cool. So we're just like, we're on his side. Yeah. And, I don't know, women are involved, I guess. Sure. I, I th- yeah, and it's Back
1: to the Future is a good example because he's like, he's dweeby, but he's not. Like, he plays in a band. Yeah. He's got but a good looking girlfriend.
0: He doesn't have any friends.
1: He doesn't have any friends. You're right. You're right.
0: He's playing in that band at the beginning, but we never see any of his bandmates ever again. True,
1: true. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of. And then a, it's funny, of course, because Eric Stoltz agent. played him originally. Yeah, like, it and then the he guy. Got... But uh but Eric Stoltz to me is another version in one of my favorite 80s movies, some kind of wonderful, mm-hmm. where, you know, same thing. He's like, he's supposed to be this like uncool kind of grease monkey, he works in a works works at a gas station. He's actually pretty cool. He's actually like—he's yeah. you know, a decent-looking guy. He's—he's he's a handsome guy. The same thing. That whole loner thing. Yeah. That, that seems to be kind of a staple. Is you got to be a loner, right? Because mm-hmm. then that makes it more dramatic. Of, of, of.
0: You know. Speaking of Back to the Future, I almost uh, pulled Crispin Glover for one of the one of my recastings, and I was like, um, nah. You just recast him in everything. Just put every—I think every movie could be made better with a little Crispin Glover. I don't know. I'd like—I'd like the film <laughs> process to actually go smoothly, though. Well <laughs> my understanding, it is something something does anyway difficult to work with right, yeah well, yeah, there were two moments for me that well there were yeah two moments for me that really stood out as interesting. one was kind of indicative of uh Centauri when Alex is in the back of his car and they're kind of taking off and Centauri yes. goes, "This machine was supposed to get sent to Vegas i don 't know what happened, but it sure is great that it's worked right, out right. and that was super cool, except that this movie spends a lot of time kind of shitting on people who live in trailer parks Mm. not to the extent that i think that it might now but it's don't you want anything more than just living in a trailer park right and so there was a a little little bit of that to the point where at the end of the movie where alex is coming to take mags away there's nothing for her to do in space but being somewhere else is better than than being here yes yeah. I found that interesting. Yeah, there's a bit of, there's a bit of like classicism a little uh, bit. in there. But to the point of classicism, poor Beta. Beta's the best character. It opens with, yeah, no, I'm here to do everything for you. I'm here to take everything. Well, if you're so good, if you, if you have all of my skills, why don't you go fight? Well, not allowed to. They don't let me. And he's a fully sentient being. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my god, poor Beta.
1: Apparently, when they tested the film... People loved beta, so they had to go back and reshoot. And by then, he had cut, Lance Guest had cut his hair and shaved and stuff. So in in some of the beta scenes,
0: he's wearing a he's wig. He's wearing
1: a wig and it's <laughs> heavily made up because uh, they because they added a bunch of scenes because people loved all the all the beta. Yeah,
0: stuff. yeah. beta's the best. Yeah, I yeah, still love yeah. beta.
1: But uh, to your first point about the the classicism, you know, again, it's I think the thing with the, the last Starfighter, which arguably is arguably why it didn't catch on, is that other than other than I think the young brother saying "what the shit," yeah. and the scene of the um, of of the mole that was captured and has the the laser shot into his head and his head melts or whatever, that was so
0: that was like crazy. that was weird. intense I was like, are they showing this for real? That's <laughs> that's just it. But other than but, the... but no no, the, the moment that really got me is when they first pull the cover back on Beta and it's just like just like this skin bag guy. He's yes. just going. Oh,
1: that's pretty crazy. Um, all right. So okay. those three moments are the only remotely edgy moments. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no real sense of danger. Which tragically,
0: caused. they're also all, they're not CGI. Right. Which, yeah, which is
1: not the, not the thing that they, that they're focusing on. So I think that that's, the, that, that's the miss. That's kind of the disconnect. So to your point about classes, cla- the classicism in it, um, you know, they, they look down on people in the trailer park, but at the same time, they don't, you know necessarily show anything they don't they don't have any of the typical stereotypes That's of like true. somebody gross or you know drunk or whatever whatever mm-hmm. whatever you would associate as as those stereotypes so it's like the movie i feel like Again, it holds a very special meaning to me because I was eight years old when I watched it. Absolutely. But the movie doesn't go for it in a way that I think, that I promise you, if they're, which apparently they are remaking it and they've been, there have been rumors of them remaking it for decades. It's
0: perfect. It's a perfect movie to be remade. It,
1: it, like, if they really make a a more adult, you know, kind of version of it and Mm -hmm. really go for it, I think they, they, they might have something.
0: I agree. What I would do is obviously I think there needs to be more, but. Kind of the moments where Beta and Mags are taking down the alien assassins, I find that real interesting. Yeah. And I think think they need to do a lot more with that. Yeah. I think that kind of needs that's kind of your B storyline. Like the Xur's forces get split between the space battle and then trying to take out the last Starfighter on Earth. Like they right. do both, and there's a lot more happening. And if Mags and Beta like lead a resistance on Earth trying to like defend and protect, yeah. A it'll make Beta's sacrifice a lot more compelling than like... we. I could have jumped out of the car. Oh, well. You owe me, Alex. Yeah. That's it. And I'm like, but you... you just, just jump out at the last second. You'll be fine. Right. But he didn't. And it and then we just have this weird moment of uh, Mags turning and shouting at this guy. I love you, Alex. With, the, with the feathered hair yeah. and the wind blowing from the explosion. Really weird. <laughs> Not prepared for that. Right. And I remember... Talking to Dan, and she was like, "Okay, yeah, but this actress is in another movie called Night of the Comet. and We need to see that."
1: And yes. And so I Night might of the have. Comet to, is another great.
0: I may have to watch that movie classic. for classic reasons. It one gets yes.
1: shown at the uh, at the New Art from time to time. They, they do midnight nice showings.
0: Just free on Amazon Prime, which was yes. nice. But uh, I've never been to the New Art. Ah. I know yeah, everyone. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, it was classic. a lot easier when I lived in West Hollywood. Sure. sure.
1: But I would where them. Mel Brooks and uh, and. And uh, I think Carl Reiner went to go see, um, when they were trying to decide, on a director for The Elephant Man. Because Mel Brooks is the producer of The Elephant Man. They were looking for a a film and they went to go see a movie by a a young new director named David Lynch. So they went (laughs) to go see Eraserhead. And they were like, oh, they started the new art.
0: This guy's just crazy enough to work. "To To
1: make a movie about, yeah, a disfigured...
0: Yeah, I mean, that would yeah. Racerhead would make he can do he can do he can tone it down a little bit for a looking man. Dial it down. But okay, so other than kind of going for it more, what other elements do you kind of do you want to play with in the Last Starfighter? What would you like to see more of? What would you like to see less of?
1: I think you know, in in a modern version of it. We would, you know, this could even be like the, you know, before the title sequence or whatever, before we even get to Alex Rogan, you know, how they capture the mole, for example. So just, you know, maybe kind of fleshing out a little of the parts that you jump into in in, that you're in Medias Res.
0: Yeah, I'm good with that.
1: That, you know, we open on a scene where this guy's trying to escape or say, hey, my cover's been blown and there's a big thing. And just as he's escaping, they snatch him. So we're sitting here, we're going, what is this? Who are these guys? And then we cut back to Earth. Good, and I like now it. we see,
0: you know, something going on there. The so reason just why the... I think they didn't do that in the 80s was because they wanted to save the reveal of what the aliens looked exactly. like. Exactly. But we're past that. The super bald aliens were really weird looking. Well, and that's just it. Again, it's a different time. I think we
1: look at the la- a movie like The Last Starfighter now and go, oh, it's an inferior product. It's not, you know, it's not as compelling as maybe some of the other ones. The but at is, the time. At the time, there weren't but you know, two science fiction movies right. coming out a year.
0: And so when Centauri takes his face off and puts his face on... Was,
1: was a, you know, that
0: that was like... That said, I thought he was the most interesting looking movie. That's alien. crazy. I know? mean, I, I loved uh, Grig, the turtle man. <laughs> yes. But... Can I tell you something about Grig? Yeah. I
1: was, uh, for years, I was convinced, just because on the quality of the voice, that the guy that played Grig was the guy that played Commandant Lassard on the Police Academy movies... Because of the sound, he just had a very kind of deep sound that I just thought was him all these years. And the makeup, of course, reminds me a lot of another again, one of the other two science fiction movies that would be released in a year. Enemy Mine with Dennis Quaid and Lou Gossett Jr. And Lou Gossett Jr. plays a like reptilian sure. alien.
0: And so, I believe you I haven't seen Yeah, that.
1: yeah. And so that <laughs> so that's kind of the same kind of makeup, the same uh,
0: I'm trying to see what other things Grig has done. Uh, it's an actor named uh, Dan O'Harely. He yeah, and really this like he's known. I mean, he's an actor and he's art department, which is interesting. So he
1: was not, RoboCop was like his last. He's he, the old yeah,
0: man. He's the old man, whatever that is, and he's old man and old man in RoboCop too. He's just kind of like a classic actor because I mean, because you kind of get that sense. A lot of television. Look, like he's got 94 yeah. television credits. So. But Twins just Boys like he's in Twin Peaks. Yeah, he's Andrew Packard, but I don't know. Um, but just kind of like the way he moves around. Because I feel like he kind of suffered from that. Well, they can really only see my eyes. I got to kind of be a big actor because yes. otherwise. But as soon as he appeared on screen, I like I leaned over and I said, I like him. He's probably going to die. And then he didn't. And I was very surprised. Because yeah. the, the impetus of the movie of him being the pilot and the starfighter, all they have to really do is shoot, was an interesting concept. And where Greg is kind of shouting... Aim this way. Do the thing. Was very, <laughs> exactly. was very, very video gamey. Very, um, not uh, peppy in Star Star Fox. Uh, do
1: a yeah. barrel roll. Right, right.
0: And I loved it, and I liked that concept a lot. Now watching Future Man. Mm. In Future Man, they do it a little bit better because it's literally those two characters shouting slogans as they're fighting. Right. Combo super punch. Right, and right, it's, right to watch actual people do that when they're not cartoons is ridiculous right. and i love it. Yeah. And i think that's cuz it it makes the video game aspect of it real. That's a thing that they do yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah.
1: Wait, sorry. It makes what video game aspect?
0: Of it? Well, in video game aspects like as they're kind of guiding you through what to do, they're mm. like combo. Uh shoot for the the Throw throat is a, the CFC. throat is a vital point. Mm. Okay. Aim for the weak spot on the hull. Well, I, that's how it turned out, but I don't think that's why they
1: did it because, again... It I, was too early it, for it that. It was too early for that. That wasn't that wasn't a thing back then. Back then, they were standalone. There certainly weren't... Multi, there weren't very many multiplayer games. I think... It's not a
0: multiplayer thing. It's a single-player thing.
1: Oh, right, right, right. Well, but there were... no, but you're talking... No,
0: I'm talking single player. The game tells you? Because you're just responsible for shooting. You're not flying. Right. And the pilot is the one that is kind of saying, here's what you need to do. He's explaining the game to you as you're going through it. And a lot of video games start with that as kind of the opening element. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, that's... Not necessarily a lot of arcade games. But I also suspect that that part
1: of that could just simply be as a way to keep the audience involved. This is, you know, a year before Top Gun. Yeah, there were there. You know, you got your World War II movies that are kind of aerial fights, but it, it's a way of like spicing up the action so that it's not a three-minute you know battle sequence with no narration.
0: Well, the other no... possibility is they did. It's one of the first, if not the first, computer animated movie. Okay. The audience might not be able to follow it because our brains might not be able to process sure. computer animated things. So it's a way of having subtitles of explaining what's going on.
1: Yeah, and how and and how do you you know if, in terms of computer graphics how do you how do you explain space how do you explain you know we got to get to that thing over there you know we got to yeah. get to the end of the whatever ridge to do target the, thing. the mothership yes. whatever you know when people don't don't have that concept but again i think this is part of that that problem that i'm saying you know wouldn't it be nice if they just cut all that out and then just went and just made a straight you know science fiction movie mm-hmm. and hope and, and and just hope that the audience catches up because yeah. lo and behold we discovered that audiences can catch up absolutely they can do it we can differentiate but again you're playing it safe you're playing i wonder how much do you know how much the budget on this on,
0: on the starfighter was the budget on the last starfighter was 15 million dollars wow opening weekend they made six million dollars oh okay and their gross overall is $28 million. Oh, okay. $28 million and change. So it wasn't a complete flop, but not, not a complete enough. Flop, but not not enough. enough to make. It. Which is interesting because in the movie, they definitely hinted a sequel. Yes. Because the whole con, like, it's Zer's Armada, Zer this, Zer that. And he escapes. Sure. Oh, that's right. He escapes. He I escapes. forgot he escapes. Yes. But so
1: he's still out there.
0: I guess. <laughs> but what I was going to say is there's no reason because he, like, he was given. All of this. So he had to be given that from somebody. So it felt like there was someone he was answering to as well. Like a Darth Vader emperor kind of thing. Oh, that's
1: right. Yes.
0: And the, and then at the end when he's kind of failed, like, and someone had to give him that weird gaudy staff with the knife in it, which yes. never serves any purpose. Does he even use it? Does no, he even, not he once. Never, he never stabs
1: anyone with it, right? No, no.
0: He treats it like my precious. Someone takes it. He's like, no, give me my staff. Give me my staff. And then it's like the first thing he takes back. But he never uses it for anything. Oh, ever. I agree. Except for the fact that it looks ridiculous. Right. But then, like, he's walking around with these kind of Groot people who look like they're made of wood. (laughs) What are we going to do? We die. Yes. And then (laughs) their ship flies into the side of a moon that is the size of the ship, and it just all explodes. Perspective was not uh, a strength in... Again, early computer graphics. (laughs) Early computer graphics. It got got better after that. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) But, I don't know, I thought it was... Like, that's something that could have been expanded. Like, there's not much lore. But that's exactly what you're saying. Establish the lore, kind of give us yeah, a more of a, a world. More. Less razzle-dazzle, more intrigue.
1: Yeah, I think that... I mean, and honestly, I mean, that's the problem I have with, you know,
0: any science fiction or adventure or
1: fantasy movie even up to this day is that, you know, oftentimes there is a reliance on spectacle. You know, Game of Thrones being, you know, the best example of doing it right... right which is yes we have dragons yes except we lot, have except magic. For the most recent season well we have we have we have all this magic but you know what we'd love to see is kind of the interplay of characters the drama yeah. still has to be there and the audience you know audiences will forgive a lot i think if there's actual drama mm-hmm. um i just shot a pilot with mm-hmm. some friends uh, a sci-fi pilot and you know it's it's set in this world uh, with alien technology and kind of intrigue and you know you don't have to show a lot of the science fiction part. You don't have to build out the world right away. You can just, you just kind of dabble in it because what really hooks people in is, you know, the interpersonal relationships, mm-hmm. the, the jealousies, the jockeying for position, the, the intrigue, the double crosses, uh, the love, the, 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 uh, uh the stakes involved for people that, you know, have to complete their mission, their journey, the hero's journey. Um, all of those things is what what pulls us in, and not necessarily the spectacle. Yep. But again, this you know this is a very that...
0: hero's journey movie. Oh, big time! He refuses
1: the call. Huge. Yes, big time, big time. And and you know, it's the video game is what replaces you know what would be the noble birth, or right? The uh, the godlike. You know, he. This is a legitimate skill that mm-hmm. he's developed that at the time would have seemed ridiculous to most of America, and of course mm-hmm. now we have you know esports. We have an esports arena that's just down the road. Um,
2: it's a, you know,
1: <laughs> now it's a thing where we where yeah. we acknowledge that it's an actual genuine skill. Back then, I mean, that's kind of the absurdist concept of this movie is that a kid who wastes his time playing all this. I mean, like you know, again in that shorthand of looking down on someone, what can be uh, a more pathetic or more on the fringes of society than a kid who wastes his day playing video games in when a he trailer could go park,
0: hanging out with? Hang out with his girlfriend could, at Silver Lake. At
1: Silver Lake. He could just go drink
0: beers yeah. and just...
1: And, and just and get on uh,
0: makey Audi. Yeah, makey Audi in a, in a sleeping bag. <laughs> so then let's talk remake for a second. Okay. If you were remaking it now, would you set it today or would you set it in the 80s?
1: Um, we're keeping the concept of the video game. Yeah. It's, it's a video game. I think so.
0: Because um... I have a pitch for you if you, if you don't necessarily have an answer.
1: I don't necessarily have an answer. Let's okay. hear the pitch.
0: pitch so my plan. my pitch is I would set it today, because yes. I always think yeah, like you want the audience not? to connect to the people who are similar to them yeah. and also that hair is ridiculous.
1: I think plus I think it lowers the stakes a bit if people know like Again, that idea of just like the absurdity of video yeah. games. Like we, we hold video games in very high importance. But
0: I would still put it in a trailer park and I would still have it be an arcade game. Because I would still have Alex going and playing that video game and be like dude, just go play these other games that are way better. He's like, nah, I really like this one. Okay. And I really like the idea of it's a super old arcade game. Yes. Got sent to them, got given away. No one's ever really been good at it. It's never been one of those like big name arcade games, but Alex really likes it.
2: Okay.
0: Alex has kind of been maintaining it and keeping it up to date. Okay. And eventually, for the first time anyone's ever done it, Alex beats the game. And maybe Mags has kind of like gotten into it too. And Mags is always like, I'm never quite as good as you, Alex, but I'm going for it and Alex finally beats the game and the game breaks and Alex just wanted that wanted that high score wanted to take the picture put it up on the internet show people that it could be beaten and so Alex goes in climbs inside to try to like fix the video game and kind of like repair it and please save the high score please save the high score please save the high score and is crawling deeper and deeper into the game to uh fix it and then the entire game shuts down and the game is what fires up and takes oh. Alex into space. And then the screen like shows the reverse, and that's when we meet Centauri. I don't think and Centauri needs to pick Alex up in like a space Uber. I think the, the machine itself takes Alex into space, and we get Alex there, and then we actually meet Centauri for real. And that's how we kind of enter the world. Because and we 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 get to this fight literally as they are about to lose not because there was a spy or this or that but because their last hope were sending these video games to earth to try to find someone and they didn't it failed for 30 40 years yes. these arcade games existed in the world and they were giving up because it was their last hope of finding someone
1: well they sent it to vegas you're not going to find an intergalactic hero in vegas
0: no and then eventually Vegas gave it away because they replaced it with a machine that actually earns money. Right. <laughs> that could literally be their words. And they gave it away to some, uh, some trailer park. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, we actually have someone. And all of a sudden, these people, these aliens are filled with hope that all of a sudden, their hero is finally here. Someone has finally come to save them. And Alex says, no. Because that's ridiculous. Why would I risk my life for a bunch of people I've never met, a society I've never met? Can I please go home? And... Then we go back and we find out that, like, when it took off, it left behind a beta unit, like beta, like like a digital rendition of whatever. Sure. It scanned Alex and then took off, and we meet Beta, we go back, and then that way we are able to have the split screen of Beta and Mags and Alex in space, and then we kind of, like, have the big battle and fight. That was my pitch. I like
1: it. I'm going to tweak it a little.
0: Great, love it. I
2: I
1: would expect nothing. The beta less. the beta part I love I I love like him being scanned when he's inside the machine, and then all of a sudden out of the side pops out this like little like rubber ball like boop, and then the thing takes off and then this thing starts morphing like like, like, a, a, like,
0: like a, one of those like you put in a quarter turn the thing and you open it to get like a candy bracelet.
1: Yes, yes, like okay. a, or like a, like a, uh, what are those like um, not water monkeys? What are they called? Sea monkeys. Sea monkeys. He's like, like add water <laughs> they become the crystals <laughs> that like expand.
0: That would uh, be really funny if then that little thing had to go find a puddle, and then it just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. sucks up the puddle, gets a little and bit and bigger. It's just not big enough, and, <laughs> and it just has to go, go find more water. More, yeah, yeah, yeah. Until finally it just, like, finds a toilet and just explodes the toilet, and, and there's a Boom, oh, and they're
1: standing in the toilet. Um, and then the other one, to add, an action, to add another action sequence, just to make it, again, more interesting for the... Uh, just to keep the action moving. The final test is... Of course, then what would be left? I don't know. I'd love to see like when the video game shoots up and it's a space capsule taking Alex to wherever, that there's a final test. He's got another battle that he has to do while he's doing it Uh to get through to the thing. And I like that you... Well, do you want it to be
0: a final battle or the The machine's broken? Like Alex has to fix the machine to prevent himself from dying while flying into space. Oh,
1: that could be. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It's a rickety old machine. Like that's But how camera. will he
1: know what to what to do? I mean, like Alex if, has if been repairing
0: get... this this machine for so long that he knows it so well. Okay. And he was like, "How did I not know this was a spaceship?" Yeah. No, you It'd want you want, to, well, you want would... him to actually pilot himself into the. I just feel like he would. It would be such a. It would be.
1: Yeah, for him to know that to know where he's going and what's happening. Whereas if we start in now, you know, greeting starfighter, and then all of a sudden he's just like, "What?" And then all of a sudden he's you know being shot at. Who knows? Of course, it's like who's shooting at him. I don't know. It was just an idea to add another action sequence right there in the middle. I like that. Yeah, it could be the same thing to to him, like try to fix the thing because it's you know it's got you know it's veering right or whatever.
0: Well, I mean, you could also treat it very Delorean esque. Right. It works when it absolutely needs to work, but yeah. when it when you have a moment, it breaks.
1: Yes, yeah, because it's because it's been sitting there and, it, yeah. and he's been tinkering with it, right? Of he's course. been using, he's been doing. Yeah, wires. I like that. The that the battle has already that they've already been wiped out. I would love to see where they, they, you know, totally forgot. And, you know, maybe that was Centauri's, you know, his crazy plot years ago. You know, maybe he's an outcast or, or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to play with. And they've been shaming the him because it,
0: it used precious resources that they direly need. That they they're needed. in dire need of right yeah, now. Yeah, But no, it it worked. Didn't I tell you, didn't Centauri tell you for years and years that it would work? And then just Centauri speaking to, like, a room full of, like, mem- memorials on walls yeah it's and it,
1: it, you know and and it's robert preston's uh last last movie which is which is extraordinary to think that he had a career that he had i guess he had a couple of television appearances after that but you know he's the music man himself yeah there's a line in the movie that 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 refers to it where mm-hmm. he's like you know i'm a con man or whatever yeah, it's 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 right for yeah. I guess this movie is right for a remake. I hope they're doing it. They've they've, they've I mean, got they've been e- saying like Seth Rogen and all these other people. Oh, are, like, I don't want Seth Rogen. In well, this. that was a few years ago. Who knows?
0: Oh, I it, there's a couple. I mean, when I did the recasting, there are a couple parts where I was like, I've got someone, but this should be someone new. Yeah,
1: I feel like if you could, and, and really kind of, and, and then give, you know, maybe the older parts to, you know, kind of Absolutely. more stuff. So like, oh, that guy's like, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> your, your crazy version is like a James Franco as Zor or something. Like, really, just like a really gross, <laughs> like, cheesy dude that the other... That, I have someone
0: in mind, the, but
1: yeah. Well, you want to get into
0: it? Do you want to get to it? Uh, sure, let's uh, talk about recasting. Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about plot-wise, or we kind of, like, have a sense of what we want? I think, yeah, we... we, we hit all the major points all the stuff that I
1: that I really liked about it. I've always I remember it might have been just a function of my age in terms of my attention span. I remember enjoying the first half of the movie more than the back half.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, you know when he would when he got sent up and then he wanted to come back and then all all the other things that happened. Um, I don't remember well, much of that Well, cuz that's like when decisions final... are
0: being made as opposed to just at this point following the numbers right yeah well, i get that and and, and i know which that is they've... why you have you go back and forth between what's happening in space yeah and i the, like and that the, oh and that Mags was the other thing beta. that i was going
1: to say the other kind of adjustment and i don't know maybe just because of the name and i don't know maybe this is too last jedi and the really kind I of crazy uh kind of really crazy version of, of of rebooting it or the alternate version is to make Max the last starfighter if you're saying both of them are playing and then if you really yeah. want to turn on its head Alex goes up there, maybe he dies in the attack, and they come back. They're like, all right, Mags.
0: You're going to see what I did for casting, but I I definitely gender flipped both of them. Oh, okay, great, great. So I kind of have, I spelled Alex with an I. Like my wife. Okay. Uh, (laughs) That's my wife's name. Great. I don't know stuff. Uh Uh-huh. And I just, Mags could be anything. Okay. Okay and it could be, like, the last name instead of the first name. And just, like, I totally flipped that, because why not? Magnum or something. (laughs) Boo! Maga? No. No, No. I don't like any of this. Stop pitching. right. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, and that way you kind of have the... I, I never liked the idea of just, like, ah, well, I'm just playing video games and nuts to you for not believing in me, but no, it's more like, no, no, you're... You are better than me. That's awesome. I keep trying to be as good as you, Alex, but I'm just not, and I just think it's awesome that you're that you're cool with this. You want to yeah. come hang out? Okay, no, but I also could totally see because at the end of the movie, why would Mags go with? There's nothing for her up there, but this way it gives kind of the writer the option of well, now male Mags could be another Starfighter, or I could totally see just a dude falling in love with a robot version of his girlfriend.
1: Wait, so Beta is? So that? Let's say Beta lives. Hypothetically. Okay.
0: And so like or maybe they both go up and beta's finally allowed to be a star fighter. Well, I mean, there's I imagine I there's a hundred betas up there. Yeah. You can make as many betas as you want. Good. Let them let let's have a robot revolution. Okay. Robots are people too. Okay. But I don't know, because that's a different movie, but okay. Yeah. But ba- basically like it gives them a reason to go up and like it I like the interaction of the the dude and the robot lady. And just like kind of like, because like I could totally well because so well, to well, a weird no, science. Well, well, no, because there's a moment of like beta not having any idea how to interact and being like super super weird. Yes. And then Mags kind of still being into it, and I don't think that that would happen because I feel like a woman would be a little bit more like, "No, you're you're being Something's weird." Off. Whereas a yeah. dude would have no idea.
1: <laughs> dude, would like, like I oh, don't care. Babe. Y- yeah, hey, babe. Hey,
0: hey,
1: is it that time, babe?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, You're saying a bunch of weird shit, but like, whatever. I'm cool with it. Yeah, Yeah, kind of. Can you give me another beer? (laughs) Basically. (laughs) But whatever. That's the writer's problem. Sure. But that was my pitch for uh, casting. But yes, let's get into casting. Okay. So. Is this my paper? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Did you bring a paper? That's just a blank piece of paper if you want to make notes.
1: That's great. No, you have a paper. I want a paper too. Okay. Even though my paper has nothing on it.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, let's start with Alex. Since... I did a gender flip. Let me tell you who I had. Okay. I have Jessica Parker Kennedy, which I don't know if you've been watching the latest season of The Flash. No. Okay. She has been in other things as well. Let me pull her up. She's in In Time as well. Oh, okay. This is the actress. Okay. She has, she was in Black Sails. Oh, which my
1: friend created.
0: She's in, she's a babysitter in Deep Murder, another kind of wedding. Okay. She, she's in Fifty Fifty. Uh, but she's kind of like been around for a while. But then like she's kind of doing the CW TV show thing now. Sure, she's in Colony. She's in the Lethal Weapon TV show. A lot of different things. Okay. And the reason why I cast her is because she in the flash she kind of plays kind of this high energy enthusiastic person, and that's kind of what I wanted in Alex, someone who's not just kind of giving us the blank face. Oh my god, what's happening? Like this is so cool. What's going on? You're aliens. That's so neat. Tell me everything about that. And someone who's enthusiastic, and then like you get you get to the end, like so. Will you help us? No. Are you kidding? No. I'm not going to die. I just think this is neat. This is in alien things. No, I gotta go home. I've got like stuff to take care of. And I just I find her a compelling actress, and I find her super fun. I think that she's ripe for being the because it is a new. It would presumably be created into a new franchise. She'd be a good lead for a new franchise because she doesn't have one going in. She has kind of the sci fi chops, and I just don't. know. I just think she's fun. Great, that's that's a that's a good choice. Who do you have in mind for Alex?
1: Well, uh, you know, I think you know, just kind of hot actors, it actors right now, and and I don't know if it's just because his his uh, his other movie just came out, um, but someone who's a bit who's a bit of a blank slate. You want the blank slate. I kind of want the blank slate. Um, it, it allows you to kind of have more fun when we see the the fun beta version of him. Um, Lucas Hedges, for whatever reason. Interesting. Uh, uh, jumped out. Not for any particular. It sounds like you're way more enthusiastic about Jessica than <laughs> I would be about, about Lucas. Um, but again, just because that kind of just a kid living in a trailer park somewhere... Who's got I could totally kind of see nothing. Lewis
0: Hedges playing the kid living in a trailer park somewhere. Yeah. I mean, those are the kinds of roles that he has been playing. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But he always kind of strikes me as like the high drama actor.
1: Sure, sure. No, I'm not saying he would he would accept
0: our offer. Ah, of, uh... okay.
2: I don't know. If someone comes
0: up to him with like a franchise like this and like a big blockbuster movie, you'd have to be... Yeah, I think when we get to the filmmakers, then that then that might be... Yeah. That,
1: that'll, that'll be the hook uh, for much of this.
0: But I think that it's kind of a pairing of our Alex and our Mags. And so, who would you have for Mags to to be paired with Lucas Hedges?
1: Hmm, to be paired with Lucas Hedges, it's so it's so hard to to not imagine Mary Catherine Stewart, to not want that kind of just really kind of beautiful. Be someone really. I mean, we're th- now okay. Now we're talking crazy time. I mean, in terms of a movie that could not, but like again, because I, I feel. The gender dynamics nowadays would be having on equal footing. If not, Mags is the last starfighter to meet without, right. without flipping. Without flipping. You, without gender flipping. I mean, let's get crazy like a Zendaya or
0: like. Yeah. A, I mean, that's a, <laughs> Just kind someone of... who
1: really brings like a lot of personality is kind of a badass. You know, I almost think too, given again, modern dynamics, I think. You know the romance, which is why I think that one shot of her, "I love you, Alex Rogan," you know, seems kind of a little out of place, is because other
0: than a, it is. But yes, go on. Other
1: than the establishing part where she shares in his frustration about not getting into school at the beginning, the love story seems kind of shoehorned in a little in, into bit. I can it, see that. You know, I think that the drama is this. So I think you know, at the at the risk of making the kids asexual but really kind of showing the partnership and the badassery of them both realizing, like, holy crap, we're going to save the universe. So kind of removing that aspect and just kind of making them more equal partners in this adventure together.
0: I I like the idea. I certainly thought that the kind of shoehorning in of, well, I'm going to go to college and get away from all of you guys was another... Right, another ...classism thing. But I also kind of like that this wasn't a story about getting the girl, like becoming an impressive guy in order to get the girl. The girl's already been, quote unquote, got. Yeah. It's more about, we've been dating for a while. We love each other. This is just where we are in our lives. We just happen to be young people. Yeah. So they're idiots. But the important thing is, just, I don't know, because they do this in Back to the Future as well. But the problem in Back to the Future is that he then goes back to the future and we completely leave her behind. And then in Back to the Future 2, she gets knocked out and left in an alley. So it's not an adventure of two. It's still just the adventure of the one. And I kind of like the idea. I don't necessarily want to send her into space because then we lose the premise of it being the last Starfighter. Then it would be the last Starfighters. And that would be the sequel. Right. That would be the James Cameron sequel. Walk in. Last Starfighter. S dollar sign. Underline it twice. (laughs) Leave. Thank you very much. Yeah. But that's what it is. You do the last starfighter where it's the one, and then you realize, okay, there's someone else too. And that's why I think you have this opportunity to show the one going into space, even if we don't do a gender flip. And then the other one being just as impressive in their own environment, you don't need special circumstances in order to be a hero. You just have to rise to the occasion. Yeah, I still think they should gender flip it, though, because I still think it's fun. Yeah, as well as, you know, uh,
1: obviously, like, you know, uh, have some, which we've both already done, is kind of have this, like, multi-ethnic...
0: Uh, Well, let me tell you who I have for Mags. Okay. Mags, I have Taron Egerton. Okay. Because he plays the... He plays the... He may have aged out of it by now, but yes. Here's the thing. Yes. I didn't know this about Jessica Parker Kennedy because she plays a... Like, the Flash's daughter from the future. Mm -hmm. She's 34. Oh, my. And I wouldn't have known that looking at her. Nope. Like, literally, she is older than the actress who plays her mother she African-American?
1: She is. Okay, so there's that's black, don't crack. That's the thing. <laughs> she, she looks incredible. I could, I, I...
0: But I think that that's how we kind of get away from the, are we going to college, are we going to this? Like, they're at a point where they think this is what their life is going to be. Or they
1: could even be going to community college. Or they could they be going could to be like local
0: school. kids. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. That's great. And I wanted to pick associates. someone that was <laughs> kind of closer in age to that. But I yeah. mean, uh, Jessica Parker Kennedy does play very young. Yes. But Turn Higerton can kind of play young-ish as well, but he also plays lower class very well. He just comes from a different upbringing, and right. so now he's lower class in whatever it's just because I have the trailer
1: of him playing Elton John in my mind, and so he's like wearing a bald cap in that. Maybe it's just, I'm just...
0: What? <laughs> he's playing Elton John
1: in the new Elton John biopic that comes out in March. Or...
0: Is it because they met on the set of Kingsman and the Golden Circle? Uh, did they? Oh, I don't know. Elton John's in Kingsman of the Golden Circle. Oh my. Elton John might be the best character in Kingsman of the Golden Circle. Because it's not a good movie. No. The first Kingsman is amazing. Well, and he sings the, he sings uh, I'm
1: Still Standing in Sing.
0: Yeah, Taron Egerton does. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So he's already channeling Elton John. Makes sense to me. Yeah. But anyway, I've seen, I've seen, it's like he's got, you know, that Elton John. He's got the bald mm-hmm. head and the big glasses. So but I'm just like, oh man, he's
0: too old. Theoretically, I mean, I did my Jane Rogan and Lewis Rogan based on Jessica. But theoretically, like, those are two people that, depending on what you do, you could flip them back and forth pretty easily. Yeah. Like, either one could play Alex, either one could play Max. Yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted to go for. Because they're both action people. They're both sci-fi people. And they're both... Well, now you got
1: me thinking. I'm like, maybe I can go like an all-Hispanic it's like Selena Gomez. Well, here's the thing.
0: (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't do that because uh, I'll often have guests who are like... Like Sheena, when she was on our Inception episode, she was like, all right, and she basically recast Inception from the cast of uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Okay, yeah. And so it's all about just like... Because one of my big things on the show is making these movies less white. Yeah. So trying to do that. So I'm going to keep going through this. And I actually have a lot more white dudes in this looking at it now. But uh, if you have... Hispanic Mexican we'll see, American yeah, actors, see who please. Jumps out. Uh, so we'll come back to those. We'll kind of figure out. Paul Rodriguez can play uh,
1: Centauri. Maybe he's dual old now. I don't know who uh, that is. Uh, George Lopez can play Centauri.
0: No, <laughs> but let's let's talk about Centauri. Let me talk okay. about who I have for Centauri, and then you can maybe top it. Okay. Uh, my Centauri, I have Ian McShane.
2: Ooh.
0: Ian McShane is Classic. the kind of the the other lead in American Gods, and he's yes. this amazing actor who's been in a bunch of different things forever, yes. and what i liked about him especially in american gods was he's this character that you like immediately and then less and less the more he talks and that's what i thought would be interesting about centauri oh centauri oh you're super interesting okay cool all right okay you're still going all right okay yeah i don't like you anymore and so like ian machin can kind of like do that kind of dip and dive down and kind of do that sleazy hey you buying what i'm selling kind of thing and that's that's kind of what i wanted for centauri so with that in mind who do you think
1: well i'm gonna stick to my just off the cuff kind of a george lopez because i think i want i want i would want people to read centauri as okay i see why nobody takes him seriously i see why he's the grifter or the con man okay so that could build in kind of and i'd say george lopez is like that george lopez can play that he can play kind of a wise cracking guy that you know Nobody takes seriously, and then this is his one in a million shot that actually pans out. And maybe it surprises even him. He doesn't even expect it.
0: Yeah. What I'm not as familiar with George Lopez's um filmography as I would be. How many times does he play something that isn't himself? Oh
1: well that's just it. He doesn't have to. He can
0: Because uh... most of the things it's as himself. As himself. Oh, as absolutely. himself. As himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think he can play himself. I think he can. I mean, that's that's. You that's want Centauri, like you want whoever it is. Alice look at the screen and go, George Lopez. Sure, sure. I borrowed his face. Anyway, my name's Centauri. I think that right. I mean, it just depends on how
1: broadly you want to make this. And I think to kind of honor the spirit of the original, there has to be a bit of a kind of a hook. it. again, mm-hmm. we either have to go, you know, full dark, you know, intense thing right
0: which i don't think either of us wants to do
1: or or just do the kind of happy-go-lucky plucky version and because centauri doesn't doesn't make it although it doesn't he, he reappears at the end right he ends oh, up not yeah. dying He's so like, maybe i that's just had a... to
0: go unconscious when my body healed itself right I'm like cool what, what does that, that add what is that <laughs> what's your point okay the screenwriter was like you know what i'm not gonna kill him off we, we can't kill sequel. we can't kill the music man exactly
1: exactly we got Robert Preston.
0: Uh, a we, legend yeah we can't just like not yeah so yeah
1: So alright
0: yeah. fine I'll let you have this a, one I'll let little, you goofball. have goofball George
1: Lopez comes in as Centauri and he's a, and he's, a cuss, he's, he's a con man a hustler nobody takes him seriously the audience won't either alright I'll let you and have we, that we one may, we may we may not need to you know he may, he may not need to be taken seriously he no. could be the one kind of comic relief
0: I mean if anything he's the one person who should not be taken seriously yeah but someone who, should be taken ser- someone who should be taken seriously but is inherently goofy is Greg. Yes. So who do you, again, you don't have, so I'll tell you who I have for Grig. Okay. My Grig is Charlie Day.
2: Ooh. Because,
0: because the way Grig is set up in the movie, it's someone who's really good at acting with their eyes, but then like has a bunch of like crazy motions and diff- all these different things, okay. but then is like weirdly knowledgeable about stuff. Yes. And that's kind of what Charlie Day's whole shtick is. Right and also cuz i think it'd be really funny to have charlie day and then have it to be not recognizable as charlie day okay cuz you're covering up him covering him up in uh turtle power <laughs> turtle power he does yeah he's
1: very very uh uh turtly that's good i like that i like that who would i have well, see, you went you went younger than the actor that played grig to be yeah i mean boring. the age doesn't matter no it truly doesn't matter but, but it hadn't even occurred to me you know i'm thinking it's when i was talking guy with guy.
0: harry about making fantastic 4 yeah. the thing you can make them any age, right? It doesn't matter. It
1: Doesn't matter. Oh, of course, now you say the thing. Now I'm thinking Michael Chiklis. Um,
0: I like Michael Chiklis.
1: Yeah, I mean, but. he he might be too. He might be too like a uh, uh, physical for the role. You're right. Someone who is probably more. I mean, geez, someone who
0: doesn't get outside that much.
1: Yes. Ooh, someone who doesn't get outside that much. I mean, can we then? Uh, this might be the one where I gender flip, and it doesn't matter because it's an alien. Maybe yeah, this who alien cares? has six genders or whatever. Yeah.
0: Look at you gender norming in other species?
1: Yeah, sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> wow, let's go with the... Um, oh, man. how Why am I blanking on her name? She's wonderful. Um, What's she been in? Saturday Night Live. Kristen Wiig. I want Kristen Wiig. <laughs> Kristen Wiig Grigg. Kristen Grigg.
0: I get it. I'm very proud of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I think she could do a lot. She could pull a lot of uh, of pathos from the role and really just kind of uh, talk about her life, kind of wistfully.
0: Talk about her six thousand children yes. and her, the cave she lives in yeah. under the under the ground. Yeah,
1: and really kind of humanize the 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 struggle, right? The uh, as as the resistance to uh, to the Zora and the Kodan Armada. You know, create a you know her her family's living underground. Her family's been decimated. I mean, we can always switch up the backstory, sure. Um, but to really make that connection. And even provide like a little bit of mentorship to uh, to whoever the Alex or you know whichever Alex.
0: When this whole thing starts, I mean, or I, I used to have six thousand kids. And now, That's terrible. What happened? How many do you have now? Twenty three hundred. Twenty three hundred. That's less than half.
1: And I can only make so many when I get
0: back. And I keep calling Bobby thirty four by Bobby thirty name. He's like, Mom, he's gone. Oh. You have to let go. Oh.
2: That's brutal. Yeah, <laughs> That's brutal. it really
0: is. It's dark, but it's funny. <laughs> I mean, it could be Kristen Wiig, if only because I want to make that joke. Fine. Kristen Wig, just so we can make that joke. So wait... I-
1: Okay, so maybe I'm misunderstanding. I thought we were just pitching. We're, we're, no, we're deciding everyone... one or the other?
0: Yeah. Oh, We're recasting the, full...
1: the movie. No, no, no. I, I, I that's get That's why that. people
0: come in with casts, so we can talk about who they have.
1: Oh, and so I would be fighting for mine versus yeah. yours. Well, I think some of yours are better, <laughs> to be honest, so well, far. Well, we're going to be
0: sticking with my Alex and Mads, but that's yeah. my going with George Lopez and Kristen Wade. Yeah, well, we've got
1: to have star power in
0: there. You know? But all well, right, Charlie so, kind of so we have Enderon and Xur. So it's a father and son, sort of. But they're weird alien people. So I cast weird actors. Okay. Because Enderon was the old guy at the beginning going, Here's what's happening! Thank you, Starfighters, for being a... Oh, he's the guy. Isn't the dad. That... He's the dad. Yeah. Yes. The crazy old guy. Yes. Like, for whatever reason on IMDb, he's listed first. Okay. I don't know why. Probably just in appearance. He I... probably appears he, first. He might be some previously famous dude. Okay. He doesn't. All right. Like he showed. Yeah, he's in, like, two scenes. Okay. <laughs> or... Yeah, like, yeah, really. and then he has the scene where he's like talking to like the space hologram head of his kid, yes, but because they're father and son and I cast a couple of weirdos, uh, for Ender and the old guy, I cast Kevin McDonald, who um, kids is in kids in the hall, okay, and he's also pleakly, no, I'm this guy, and he's that's interesting. I feel like Kevin McDonald has the
1: hair absorbed now, doesn't he? a little bit, body? yeah <laughs>
0: that's great. yeah, also yes, yes, uh,
1: but. What if he played both father and son? Well,
0: the son that I have is an actor named uh, DJ Qualls. Who oh, I know DJ Qualls. Oh, you don't yes, know? Who that of that course, is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I know him from Scrubs, but he was in Z Nation, Man in the High Castle, Jim Jeffries. Wait, do you have a Missouri? I have a Missouri. Yeah.
1: Wow, let me see a picture of him recently because I know he's, he's obviously he's he's the guy from like uh, from Road Trip, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. He always plays kind of like weird character actors. Okay. And I could totally see him as, I have all this power because I turned on my people. So all of you weird gruff aliens, you answer to me now. Mm. They're like, why do we have to listen blah. to this? And then eventually Schmuck. they turn on him. But like, he's one of those people who's like super wily and, and, and weird.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really fun role. I and mean, I can see
0: him being Kevin McDonald's kid. I,
1: I, I love it. I mean, let's keep him. I, I you know, but again, the, the ones that I was saying, like, it's such a fun kind of weird role. You know, I think Franco. If you're looking at DJ Qualls, we could also do um, what is his name, the Canadian actor who's in um, Seth Rogen's friend from uh, uh, This Is the End. Jay uh, Baruchel. Jay Baruchel. I, yeah. I actually did look at Jay. Bruchelle. So, like in that in that vein, but that's 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 what you're saying. Yeah, yeah I, I like
0: it. I, I looked at Jay Baruchel. If yeah. anything, Jay Baruchel is too popular now he's done too many things where he's like the leading man yeah like he's in uh that dating show not the dating show the man seeking woman it, it was a show yeah okay it was very very good okay super weird but yeah. fun okay and uh he's the voice of the main guy in how to train your dragon and right 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 apparently he's right. in goon i've seen goon so take that people who think i haven't seen goon. i love goon They they made a sequel to Goon? Goon, Yeah. Last of the Enforcers. That's not great. Not as good. But it's pretty good.
1: It's got some funny parts. I don't know. But he's got dragons. He's the dragon
0: guy. Yeah, he's the I dragon haven't seen guy. Any yeah. Robocop. Yeah, I don't yeah, I recommend that. It's supposed to I haven't. Seen,
1: you know, I haven't seen any of the remix of all those eighties movies, so I didn't see Total Recall. I didn't see Robocop. Didn't well,
0: because see... the problem is, a lot of them aren't very good. Right. I mean, the pilot episode for this podcast is Robocop, and our concept is great. Like, if you want to hear a good episode, yeah, like that's Robo- a good the one. New yeah, Robocop. Yeah, yeah. Go listen. Go listen okay. to our Robocop episode because uh, I really like what we did for that. But. We could do Jay Baruchel if you. Uh, no, prefer no, Jay no, Baruchel DJ, DJ, DJ Qualls. Qualls. I think
1: I think fits in. Uh, so again, going going back to this idea of tone, where do you see it?
0: Here's to ask you. Like, well, here's the way I feel about yeah. the, the way action movies can work. They can either be the dark action movie, all like Logan or this or right. that the other thing, and, th- and there's, there's a the place for those. The first one popped
1: into my mind. Yeah,
0: and those movies can be really good. And then there are the movies that are kind of like the the bright and colorful Marvel action movie. Mm. I kind of put this more towards Marvel okay. that. Certainly, where my taste lies, but also there are some movies that I think work for dark. So, Starship Troopers, you remake it, you remake it dark. Right. And we did. The, but then, for something like this, I think what they miss when they're remaking these 80s movies is they're missing the light and the sense of wonder and earnestness from these 80s movies. Mm-hmm. They're honestly trying to save the world. They're, legi- they're just, they, they, they don't understand what's going on, but they're going to do their darndest to try to make things happen. And there certainly are, like, the darker 80s movies and the darker action movies. But, I mean, how do you remake something like Willow and make it dark? You can't. How do you take, I mean, how do you take something that's like The Last Starfighter? It's a guy who plays video games and gets sent into space. If it's dark, what you end up with is Future Man. And Future Man's fun. I, like, I, I watched a little bit of it and I enjoyed the episode, but it's not something I go back to because it's not something where I'm necessarily, like, care about the people who are on their side because it's like, well, their life's shitty even though they're getting to do these amazing things. I want someone whose life is shitty and then they get to do amazing things. I want the escapism. Okay. So, and that's what 80s movies are. They're, they are an adventure. Yeah. They're a delightful adventure. And even by modern standards, I think that that's kind of what they sometimes need to be. Depending on tone, depending on context. I mean, we remake, we remake uh, let's say, Night of the Comet... And it's going to end up being probably something a little bit closer to uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yes, because people... you
1: gotta dry... you got to bring it back. Sorry, you got to yeah. bring it back towards the lighter side. That
0: well, it's people kind of desperately dystopian. trying to pull it back into the light, but like zombies are still killing a bunch of people. Right. So it's like lightness slowly getting tainted by darkness. And then at the very end of the movie, light again, right, because right. we have jokes. And that's kind of how I see stuff like this. If you want to remake an 80s movie, you kind of have to go back to the 80s. Yeah. Even if you're setting it now.
1: Yeah. No, I agree.
0: So anyway, that's my pitch. So I have two other casting people, and then I want to get into writer-director. I have Jane Rogan and Lewis Rogan. And I have them for the mom and brother of Jessica Parker Kennedy. Okay. For Jane Rogan, her mom, I have Fandi Newton. Okay. From a lot of stuff right now. Yes. She's in Solo. She's in Gringo. and in, She's in Westworld. And... I feel terrible because in the episode I recorded with Harry Valentine where I was recasting Fantastic Four, that's a super fun episode, listen to that, I wanted to, I we recast Judy Reyes as uh, Alicia Masters, and I was like, oh yeah, and she was recently in the slap, and this, that, the other thing. It's not her in the slap, I just thought it was her based on the poster, it's Sandy Newton in the slap, and I have to take ah. this moment to say, I screwed up, I said the wrong name, I thought it was someone when it wasn't. And I apologize to all the Thandie Newtons out there and fans of Thandie Newton. Judy Reyes is still great. She's just not in the slap. Which as a concept is ridiculous. And I was shocked to learn it wasn't a comedy.
1: Did you... So who are you keeping?
0: Thandie Newton. Okay. We did Judy Reyes in Fantastic Four. This, like, I was like, oh, Thandie Newton's perfect. Oh, I see. Perfect. So it wasn't, oh, it wasn't she... that you
1: were imagining no, no. Thandie Newton, you thought.
0: No, I I, I found just... someone and then learned additional information. Great. Uh, about how dumb I am, so
1: you don't have to apologize to two women. Just,
0: just no, no. We cast just, Judy Reyes in Fantastic Four. She's going to be fine. Great,
1: she's doing well. Yeah, she's doing well for herself. She's got all result. that. She's got all that Scrubs
0: money. All oh, that's right. Uh, and then for the brother, I have an actor named Seth Carr, who's a, a young man. He's I think he's eleven. He was born in two thousand seven. I looked it up, so he's eleven right now. And that's about the right age. Right. I have a hard time finding child actors. That's for this. just it. That's going to be a. Hard it's one. so hard. Yeah, Theoretically. Okay. You get someone new. You get someone fresh. Yeah. But right now in this moment, Seth Carr would probably be good. He's, he plays the young Killmonger in Black Panther. Oh, okay. He is <laughs> the young Captain Holt in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He plays the young version of a lot of things. He, has, he He's has hot a, right now. He's an incredibly impressive rev- resume. One of those things where when you look at this resume and you realize he's 11, you just get filled with rage. You know, yeah. one of those kids. Yeah. Does that happen to you? Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't get filled with rage I just I, I just say yep there's another one so yeah great. great there goes another great one
2: yeah
1: um yeah I like those I think in spirit because this can't happen now because now he's grown out of it mm-hmm. but like Enrico Rodriguez in the early days of Modern Family he's the boy on Modern Family oh yeah
0: he would have been great he would
1: have been great he would have right? been perfect a, that, that kind of moxie that kind of just like
0: yeah just the
1: silly like
0: he's one of those kids who can say and get away with saying anything because yeah. he's just young enough that you're like You don't completely get what you're saying, but he totally does. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, of course. He would be perfect. Or would have been. Would have been. But, you know... think he's a teenager. Robbed by time.
1: Yes. And and yes, and puberty. Because I imagine... I would assume... I would hope so. so. I would hope so. so. Rico, if you're out I mean,
0: the TV show Modern Family's been on for... What? Eight years?
1: Eight, nine years? I'm looking it up. So now the mom... I like the mom. I think the mom is another chance for us to sneak in a name actor... I agree with that. Uh, just, just just, so we get funding for this project. Uh, it's the last
0: Starfighter. It's, well... I mean, I know it's been bouncing around, but, like, it's going in on the name alone.
1: Well, but it's got to sell overseas. we got to have somebody... Yeah, but
0: to, it, the uh, ideal remake will sell overseas regardless, based on quality. Maybe. I mean, uh, you know... It's been running since 2009. You, you so want, you want like, a, you know, a Marissa
1: Tomei kind of, you know, like, oh, they're why are they in this film? And it's like, because, you know, they're... Further along in their career, they're still kind of a name. It's cool to have them in there.
0: I mean, I thought she's, she, I think she's a good
1: Aunt May. I think, uh, I'm gonna shoot for the stars, although we can totally keep, uh, but um, Tandy sh- Newton. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, like a Halle Berry, but I like Tandy Newton. I'd love for us to work with her. Yeah, I can get word out to her through, uh, through your people, through Ptolemy Slocum, who works in Westworld. On Westworld with, uh, oh, that's with right. yeah,
0: that's yeah. right. I mean, we all know Ptolemy Slocum. Yeah, he's great. Just ask him. Yeah. Let's be okay, like, hey buddy, can, hey, can you I, just slip her the script? <laughs> just put this on her uh, on her robot desk. On her robot desk, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Westworld. World. No, no, it's it's. I'm, uh, I don't have time. There's so much content. Yes, it's fine.
1: I'm it, sure it, it's a pretty. It's it's it, it, it's in the zeitgeist. So yes. if nothing else, you should watch it just because it's what people are
0: talking. About. Yeah, the one I really need to watch that's really in the zeitgeist and everyone's talking about is Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yes. So that's yeah. a completely different thing. Yes. But that's the one everyone's talking about right now. That I should probably watch right now. Are you were going to say the Good Place? Do you watch the Good Place? Oh, I watch the Good Place. Yeah. I'm all about the Good new Place. Episode
1: tonight or new episode yesterday? I forget.
0: I don't. Uh, it's Fridays, right? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't Either way, I watch I it like streaming. Yeah, so I, 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 I stream it, it also, so I don't know. But it's great. Yeah. It's the best show on TV. Yes. Okay. Cool. Writer director. Let's talk writer director. Okay. I have people in mind. But did you bring anyone in? Like, you have, have kind of ideas for. The, 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 you
1: know, the, cra- again, once, once again, this is what I've been trying to kind of glean is what, what is the tone that we're, that we're going for this remake? Now, you said kind of the more like colorful Marvel thing, because the crazy version is Michael Bay, is like, a, you know, like a fully yeah. extreme action. Um, but that's not what we're going for, and
0: probably not someone we can afford. Also, I'm good.
1: I'm good. <laughs> if, if Michael Bay stops,
0: I don't need to see explosions in space. Right, right. Well, who do you have? cause um, this one? For of? my writers, I have a writing team. They recently worked together on The Little Prince. Okay. Which wow. I love because of its earnestness. Did okay. you see the Netflix Little I Prince did. movie? Yeah, yeah. And it was one of those things where I watched I was like, this isn't going to be good. And I loved it so much. And it's literally a movie about someone learning to fly. Right. Irrelevant. But I just Not thought irrelevant. it was like a good, good tie in. Yeah. But um, the writing team is Irina Bringle, who worked on Little Prince, and she also wrote Box Trolls, which is another movie that should not work and is amazing, I and I Trolls love it. That's so Trolls. good. Bob Persichetti, who is Little Prince, and he also did Into the Spider Verse, and it occurs to Chris me those are all animated. But that might be—I
1: mean, that might be. Look, honestly, that might be a good way to uh, get it made. I know that happens a lot. That happens a lot with directors like a Brad mm-hmm. Bird, where it's like guys that are. You know, they're animation guys mm-hmm. and they're just looking for their big break in the live action and, and something like this, which, of course, we're not going to have as much animation or CGI or maybe not CGI, but like animation as the first one. But you're going to want someone that has that sense of of, of whimsy. And um, my thought writing wise, and again, someone who's kind of aged out of the role. But if we had someone about eight years ago uh, as an Alex Rogan, someone like John Boyega, um would be uh Joe Cornish who wrote and made the uh my one of my favorite films attack the block which is you know same thing kind of uh, unlikely uh, heroes fighting uh fighting aliens um attack the block is a tremendous essential film aliens land mm-hmm. in the east london uh, uh, housing projects and so they have to fight them off this group of ragtag kids fights them off
0: I mean he definitely is the right kind of writer is he right? for Does this he live... oh he's no,
1: I thought, no, he's he, like, I thought he worked on nice. The Last Jedi I was like, no, hey, no no <laughs> no
0: that, that's uh... oh man now I'm blanking on his name the guy uh, Ryan Johnson Ryan Johnson yes um, I just yeah saw it no, it's just like all Ryan ago. Johnson uh, uh, but the like kid who
1: would be king wow he wrote and
0: directed that I just saw the trailer to that
1: that's huh that's interesting
0: and like like honestly Joe Cornish is probably the sort of person that you would want to get yeah I always like trying to get like the low rent person like hey let's talk For about sure. this person and then we probably end up replacing them with the fancy person but like they also he like he did Ant-Man he did The Adventures of Tintin Attack the Block mm-hmm. these are the sorts of movies that lend to a direct, a writer like this getting the job yeah I think it's and it he does the action, he does all those yeah, sorts yeah. of things and he probably would end up getting it. Yeah.
1: Maybe he could also be my submission for the director, so I'm curious to see who
0: Well my be. director is John Favreau. Great. Of and of course. The, and the reason why I have him is because he has the earnestness the of the earnestness of Chef. Yeah. The kind of the action of Iron Man mm-hmm. and all that crazy CGI Disney nonsense because there's gonna be a crazy amount of CGI in this movie. Yes. And so those three kind of tentpoles... We should mention poles, he visited,
1: uh, Jungle Book and uh, Lion King. Yes, yeah. Jungle
0: Book and Lion King, and I like Jungle Book. Yeah. I'm sure Lion King will be fine. I'm
1: sure it's going to be awesome.
0: I like I like Jungle Book because it's a new movie as opposed to Lion King, which is the same movie again. Yes. So almost so shot not, by shot. Yeah, and so I'm not going to see it. Yeah, well, I'm not going to see it. <laughs> I, all right. Lion King was a big one. Right? I mean, I the Lion King, but if I want to watch that movie again, I can just... I have the DVD. I'll just go watch that movie again.
1: Well, no, I'm ready to see this one. I want to like. Okay. I want to eat edibles,
0: and then go watch, uh, okay. go watch the all Lion right. King, and then
1: be in the Lion King. All right. For that,
0: it probably makes sense, <laughs> since they probably frown on that if you go to like uh, the live stage performance.
1: No, I've done that too. Oh, Okay. Yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah. No, go. that was great too. Okay. Good. The puppets and
0: the... Oh. Yeah, just it's <laughs> wow. it's all around you, because I've seen that one, and that one's super cool. Yeah. But th- but that's the thing, like the stage show of the Lion King is cool because it is different, right? And that's what I like yeah. about it, right? Not the movie again. Right. But I digress. Uh, but anyway, I, that's why I picked him. So, right. yes, probably Joe, Joe Cornish would probably be a good, a better choice. Guys, for, I mean, I every, all, there are a lot all of people who guys would be good. Are, Yeah,
1: who find that balance. And, and that's just it. That's what we keep going back to. The reason why The Last Star, Starfighter is probably not as well known is because it, it, it was a project kind of before its time in the sense that they hadn't mastered that blend of. Technology, adventure, and comedy. Right. In a way that we see now them doing so effortlessly that a lot of these movies simply lose, have have lost that excitement. What what Last Star Fighter has in earnestness, you know, overflowing with earnestness, where you mm-hmm. see like, oh, this is really good, I like this, I like this, I like this, and then fails to be kind of tied together as a package. We now have these movies that come out like Ant Man and the Wasp that are like perfectly executed, perfectly the CGI, the story, the everything, but there's just no no heart to it, no mm-hmm. earnestness, you know. I like liked that like,
0: Did you? Yeah. It was It's a palate cleanser movie and I think it does exactly what it was supposed to do. Uh put you to sleep. No, it's a good well because <laughs> at, at a couple months prior we like cuz in the world of Marvel Marvel universe, we would just seen Infinity War. Right it's this big epic crossover and it's just big and huge and then it ends on this huge dark note and it's just so much to process that you literally need a movie where you don't have to think about anything. It's just a fun heist and there's jokes. Yeah. You didn't want that?
1: No, no, I didn't see that. There was nothing fun about it. The heist was by the numbers. There was nothing. There's not a scintilla of intrigue or tension. I thought it
0: was super fun. doesn't matter.
1: and, And I should also say that those aren't my kinds of
0: movies. Oh, they're so, totally my kinds of movies. Yeah, so.
1: But as an example of something that, and again, I, I could give you about 10 other examples of movies that came out this year that are that are geared sure. toward this kind of genre. And that's a, but that I think just don't, you know, again, they've now become such a thing that we've now mastered them so well. But there's there's a little bit of of, of earnestness and wonder that was kind of the hallmark of those 80s movies because it was a simpler time. And both... John Favreau, I think, and Joe Cornish could perfectly blend Absolutely. all of those elements together. Well, at
0: the end of the day, what it would come down to is especially when you're going back and remaking movies like this and what I think is interesting about a, a remake that worked, this is less a remake and more of a sequel in something like Blade, uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. Where you've got to find the person who is a huge fan of the original material. Yeah. Like when you're, when you're interviewing these people, yes. you say, oh, yes, tell, yes, yes. tell me the story about how you first saw this movie. What is, your, what is your history with this movie? And I think that's what the deciding factor needs to so be. So you want me to direct it? So I'm, not saying, it. I'm not going to say no. You write it, and I'll direct it. But that's kind of the idea. I, I don't even think I'm that good because I saw this movie for the first time this week. I probably would be the wrong choice because of exactly that reason. I would just be doing it because it'd be an I awesome job, and I would take it.
1: memorized. I did not have to watch it I, I read the, the Wikipedia summary again, and I'm just like, yes, I can tell you shots, music cues.
0: But <laughs> that—that's exactly it.
2: Yeah.
0: But not necessarily go. But but like that's a good idea for like the writer and for the director. It's yeah, someone yeah. who who loves the source material yeah. and wants to glorify the source material as going well. That's that. Here's what we're gonna do, Robocop. Right. right. Because that's the problem with RoboCop, yeah. with the RoboCop remake and with probably the Total Recall remake, which I haven't seen either of those, but that's my understanding of them. Yeah. But then you take something like the Karate Kid remake or It, and you find someone who like kind of loves that original concept yeah. and just translates it that same spirit and that same energy. And so we can pick people, but at the end of the day, it's we yeah. don't know the people ourselves, so it's yeah. just whoever we think probably grew up with this movie.
2: Yeah.
0: So... Arena Bringle, Bob Preschetti, John Favreau, Joe Cor- Cornish. Who do you think is more likely to have grown up having watched The Last Starfighter? Probably Joe Cornish. He's just nerdy enough to have done it.
1: He's nerdy enough, although Favreau is the age. Because he's, he's, I think he's a little bit older than me. So he would have remembered it from, like he would have grown up with it. Joe Cornish is younger than me, I believe.
0: Joe Cornish is 49. Oh.
1: What? I thought <laughs> Joe Cornish, how old is Edgar Wright? Edgar Wright is younger than
0: Edgar Wright is forty four.
1: Wow, I know nothing about the Brits. <laughs> I thought they all seemed younger than me.
0: John Favreau's twenty seven.
1: <laughs> no. Okay, he's he's fifty two. There we go. I knew I knew he's the elder statesman of the group. But uh,
0: <laughs> that's good. But even still, like you kinda of want someone around your age. There so, you. like someone like yeah. Joe Cornish. Oh, no, so no, so Joe
1: Cornish, I mean he's right right in the sweet spot. All all three of those guys uh, four of those guys.
0: Alright, cool. Then let's go with my writers and then let's go with Joe Cornish to direct. Yes. Since he'll probably end up doing some rewrites anyway. That's right. Like they do the first draft, and then someone else comes in and kind of does the. Oh, and believe me, if we hire Joe
1: Cornish, then Edgar Wright will probably get like an uncredited rewrite.
0: I mean, I'm not opposed to that. (laughs) Edgar Wright's great, Uh,
1: but let's. Speaking of Ant Man,
0: yes, let me do a walkthrough of the cast that we have. So our Alex Rogan... Dun,
1: wait, let me do the music. Dun, 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 dun.
2: Am off the to have to pay for dun, this? Uh-oh. Oh, never mind. Just kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so our Alex Rogan slash beta is going to be Jessica Parker Kennedy. I love it. Mags is going to be Taryn Egerton. Yes. Grig is Kristen Wig. <laughs> Grig, Kristen Wig. And Duran, the old guy dad one, is Kevin McDonald. Chris. Zer is DJ Qualls. Centauri is going to be George Lopez <laughs> Jane Rogue and it just okay so the gimmick in the first movie is Centauri pulls off of his face on this handkerchief yeah. how will George Lopez remove his face I mean
1: it's a bandana he's Mexican we all got I got a bandana in my back pocket right now well,
0: I was going to say like <laughs> I mean you could do like tie his face on with bandana yeah. or, but like do you have him just Like the whole face comes off or it all gets put on. with Like he's wearing so much makeup that it's just makeup and that's what it is. And like you have someone come in and do layers and layers and layers of makeup. And that's how he puts on the face. And then you take all that makeup off and he's an alien underneath.
1: Oh, I see. I see. I see. Maybe. Or maybe it's like connected to his his hat if he's got one of those like.
0: I've never seen George Lopez ever wear a hat.
1: Well, he's wearing a hat in this one. He's got the, you know. He doesn't old have Mexican to. Mexican man hat. That's
0: what someone in the 80s would wear. What does an old Mexican man wear on their head now? Hats. Okay, if you we say still so. wear hats. I mean, you say that, but who who even owns a hat? Men. <laughs> Hipsters. <laughs> there it is. So, uh, Centauri will be hipster George Lopez. Uh, <laughs> Jane Rogan is Sandy Newton. Lewis oh. is Seth Carr. Our writers are Irina Bringle and Bob Preschetti. And our director is Joe Cornish. Whew. I would see this movie. Yeah.
1: I would totally see this movie. Good. What an ideal remake.
0: Yeah. Ah. <laughs> so Mario, uh, thank you for being a guest. Is there anything you'd like to plug and promote? Thanks for inviting me.
1: Um, if anybody hears this in the next month, I'm going to be hosting the New Year's Eve extravaganza at uh, downtown LA's Grand Park, which is cool. the park that's in front of City Hall. This is my fourth
0: year, I think. I think I've New marched year? to there before.
1: Yes, yes. Great, great. As far as City <laughs> Halls go, LA's is a great one. I mean, Grand Park is wonderful, and and I I love the the people that work it, so they've invited me back. We have, you know, we usually have about 65,000 people, which intimidates people. They say, like, oh, I don't want to go if it's that many people. But the fact is, we cordon off entire city blocks and however many hundreds of acres.
0: 6,335 will be over here. 2,811 will be over here. Another 10,288 will be over here. There's
1: plenty of space for everybody to come on down. Uh, It's the largest New Year's party on the West Coast. We get, you know, 65,000 plus. We'll probably get a bigger crowd this year if the weather cooperates it's uh and it's fun it's two stages although
0: the sun it's no longer raining the sun's out no more rain in la
1: but yeah it's got you know we got two stages of entertainment djs bands food trucks so if anybody wants to come on down it's free it's metro accessible it's uh alcohol free but people you know find ways to enjoy enjoy themselves so
0: drunks find a way yeah all right, good. And so how about social media? Do you have social media people? <clears throat> can-
1: yes, follow me, uh, please, on uh, on Twitter, Instagram, The same handle. It's uh, Cinemario, uh, Cine, uh, Cinemario, uh, C-I-N-E-M-A-R-I-O. And yeah, I have a uh, movie blog called uh, eatmoremovies.tumblr.com. Probably just get the dumb domain myself. It just
0: occurred to me that I will likely release this episode in the new year in January sometime. So Oh, okay. Well come see me next year. To, uh, yeah, <laughs> New Year's uh 2019. Sorry, I just realized that. Uh or come uh yeah, depending
1: on when you listen to this, I'm also the usually the host of the Fourth of July um uh, festivities.
0: Nothing on Valentine's Day?
1: Nothing on Valentine's Day. All right. No, that's uh that's that's for
0: That's more of an intimate as, yes, as opposed to that's a private
1: moment among right. people. Among people. People, yes. It can be a group outing.
0: <laughs> Good. Okay, and if you want to find out more about me, I'm at Sam Gash on Twitter, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. Or if you want to follow the podcast, it is at Ideal Remake on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can follow us on Facebook at Ideal Remake or Ideal Remake Fans. It's a whole thing. Anyway, Mario, thank you so much Thanks for being a me. guest. This was fun because I love this movie and I hope, uh, I hope our movie gets ma- I hope our version gets made. Yeah,
1: I mean, it should be. It will be. I'll, I'll text Joe uh, as soon as I leave here.
0: And we'll talk to Ptolemy and get the script to... Yeah, we'll Danny get to Miss
1: Newton. Uh, Newton and... Uh, we got uh, a whole thing. We'll figure it we'll out. Get, let's get
0: this going. Let's get the ball
1: rolling on this. This is a good idea.
0: Good. I like it. And, alright. Game over. Please insert 25 cents to continue in 10, so continue. 9, 9, 8, 8. Seven, six,